way we're approaching that is not really a textual, you know, run through the verses one after a time after the other uh, chronologically, but we're just taking, uh, sort of grouping them up by topic and then working through a few of those. So um, as we do that, uh, as I always do, I try to extend this reminder to you that uh, for the moment we're having a, what we're calling a fireside chat, uh, which is in the fireside room immediately after the final amen. So why I tell you that at the beginning of the sermon is so that as we go through, I'm going to pick some Proverbs that uh, deal with our tonight's topic, and you may have some Proverbs or you may have some thoughts about some of the Proverbs that I picked. So uh, as you have a thought or an idea or a question, that'd be a good thing to bring to the fireside chat, and I hope that you will. Uh, I hope that that will be an opportunity, and as I said before, it's not sermon part two. My part in that is very minimal. Uh, I really want to listen to you and hear what you're observing in the book of wisdom written by, uh, mostly written by Solomon. As we think about uh, tonight's topic, I have a question for you, and the question is, uh, what is it that brings you joy? Or maybe who is it that brings you joy? Uh, our topic tonight is the topic of joy, and what's interesting to me is that the more I studied it, the more I realized that, that wisdom and joy are very closely intertwined, that there's a lot said about joy, and uh, I think it's very important. Having studied it, I think it's a very important characteristic. Uh, that's somewhat contrary, and there are some Christians who believe that Christians should be very dour, very serious, and God doesn't think stuff's funny. And I, I mean, there, there are people who genuinely, I'm not making fun of that. There are people who genuinely, sincerely believe that, uh, that joy is almost a, a, a immature emotion, that it's not something that we should bring into our walk with Christ. I think differently, and I think the Proverbs speak differently, so we're going to look at some of those. Um, I'm not sure what brings you joy, but there's someone at this congregation who brings me a great deal of joy, obviously based after, uh, you know, from uh, this morning's sermon. Uh, this would be a great opportunity to compliment my wife, and of course she does, uh, but that's not exactly who I had in mind when I said, who brings you joy? Uh, again, here's Toby digging more of a hole for himself. Uh, I understand that. <laughs> but uh, uh, there is a, a, a sweet, sweet person at Northside that always makes my face just kind of go side to side real big when I see her, and her name is Amelia, Amelia Bole. Amelia Bole is my joke buddy. Uh, she always has a joke for me. She always kind of runs up for me to tell me a new joke, and um, she's always got a smile. She's always uh, has a very cheerful heart and always telling me about the good things going on in her life. And I, it's a joy to see Amelia. She, she is just, just a fun little, little girl, and she has a very cheerful heart. And when I see her, it reminds me. I think that's part of the joy that children bring us. Uh, one of the reasons why faith were to be like children, not necessarily immature, but to have that joy. Um, there are lots of people, there are lots of Internet <laughs> information about like uh, joy and the studies of how many times a day children laugh compared to adults. And I don't know if all that's true or not, but uh, having worked in youth ministry for a long time, uh, occasionally when you go down to the kid's wing, uh, you know, going into schools, all of that, there is a definite difference 
in the number of times that children laugh versus adults. Um, with kids, it's not hard. You know, up here, I, I think humor is one of the hardest things to do in my job. I've told you this before. I, you know, there's part of me that ha- what I call funny Toby. And funny Toby is hilarious, but he gets serious Toby in trouble. And so, so I, I moderate funny Toby. And then, you know, Toby's less funny up here because I'm always thinking about, oh, somebody's getting mad about that. Somebody's going to go to an elder about that. And I don't like that. And so it's kind of moderate all that. Um, joy is something that God uh, gave us. It's a gift. And he gave it, certainly gave it to Amelia. And uh, when I see her, I'm reminded of this first proverb, Proverbs chapter 15. You'll think it's an unusual one when you, when you hear it. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15. This is our first one we're going to look at. And um, the, the first thing that Proverbs seems to indicate about joy is that it's a choice. It's a choice. You, you get to choose whether you're going to have it or not. Um, the weather outside is pretty pretty good. There are some people like that. Like, doesn't matter what's going on in their life, it's always raining. And that's a choice, right? And there are just some people on the other end of that that no matter what's happening in their life, they always have a positive outlook. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15. All of the days of the afflicted are evil, but the cheerful of heart has a continual feast. This is interesting. All of the days of the afflicted, there are people who are continually afflicted. Now, I'm not saying there aren't afflicted people. There are people who just live there. They're always a victim. Whatever the circumstance, it's because of what someone did or what someone said or, you know, woe is me or the little man can't get ahead. I mean, it just doesn't matter. If they're afflicted, if they're a perpetual victim, it's just always going to be bad. But the cheerful of heart has a continual feast. Uh, there's an unending source of joy. They just there's it doesn't matter what the circumstances. They can find the joy in it. With joy, you enjoy life regardless of the circumstances because you've made the choice to be a joyful person. And I think that's really the case. You, most people who are joyful have made an intentional decision at some point. Hey, I can be joyful, or I can be very sad and serious and angry or frustrated. The eors of life. I can be one of two things. I, I, I get to choose which attitude I'm going to have. And the proverb says you choose the latter. The cheerful of heart. You have a continual feast. The things will always be good. Good things will always happen for you because that's what you're looking for. I think of um, Aunt Donna's table when I think of a continual feast. Now, Aunt Donna's table... Um, this was not actually Aunt Donna's table, but this is as close as I could find on Google Image that's like sort of Aunt Donna's table. Uh, small, not real fancy, very basic, uh, right butted up against this you know, small kitchen window. And it was a small table, and it was just her and, and Uncle Keith, but, and whenever we'd go there after church to their home, she'd always have something you know, in the crock pot or something, you know, cooking, but and the food that she served was not anything life changing. wasn't wasn't amazing. But I always loved sitting at Aunt Donna's table because there was a continual feast, not of food, but of food for the soul. That was her joy. It was her. It was her attitude. It was her her spirit. 
She chose to have joy, whatever the circumstances. Life was not always perfect for Aunt Donna and Uncle Keith. I have no doubt. I'm sure there were things about their life that I didn't know. Um, but they chose to have joy. They knew better things were lying ahead. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 15, look just two verses down. Uh, uh, verse 17. Better... Well, we can just read verse 16 too. Uh, verse 16 and 17. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. Uh, people who are joyful may not have much externally, but they have chosen to have a great feast internally. And, and, and when you make that choice, you understand the, the second thing, which is that joy runs deeper than circumstances. Joy, joy is this deeper, if you can imagine your heart, you know, um, it's like emotions, okay? Joy is this deep-seated thing. It's not just this surface level. Um, I'll give you a couple examples of that. <clears throat> in, in Acts chapter 16, if you <clears throat> want a, a New Testament example, <clears throat> Paul and Silas have had quite a, quite a day. And there's this picture that the, the New Testament gives us, not in terms of a, an actual picture like it's on the PowerPoint, but a picture in our minds. Now, let's look at, look, look at verse uh, 19 through 24. Just think about their day, okay? When her owners were gone, this was a slave girl, and <clears throat> saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. Okay? Bad day in the first part. When they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are, of Jews are disturbing the city. They advocate customers that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, so it's you know second part of the bad day. <clears throat> the crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the, the garments off them. Third bad thing, you're lacking clothing, and gave orders to beat them with rods. Fourth bad thing. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison. Fifth bad thing, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner room and fastened their feet into the stocks. So, uh, all things else being equal, we can probably agree pretty objectively that Paul and Silas having a pretty bad day in terms of their external circumstances. Okay, Their externals were bad. You may have had a bad week this previous week, or you may have a bad week coming up, but it probably pales in comparison to the kind of day that Paul and Silas were having. Of course, we look at the externals, but look at their internals. Boy, those were untouchable. Verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. I love that. You see, their joy ran deeper than their circumstances. Uh, touch on this just a little bit. Sometimes we interchange joy and happiness. I don't want to get too deep on this. Happiness is, you know, from the root, happenstance. It comes and it goes. Happiness is an emotion. Happiness is a, you know, it, I, I might be happy depending on whether or not I've eaten in the last three hours. You know, whether or not I'm fully rested. Whether or not I feel fulfilled in life. In the course of a day, I may be happy or sad many times. This is, joy is deeper than happiness. And, and, and Paul and Silas had joy. I don't think that they were smiling as they were being beaten with rods. 
But I think as they put him in the, in the, in the prison and put him in the stocks, I think they had, knew that they had something that no matter what they did to them, they couldn't touch, that they couldn't have because it was buried too deep. That's joy. Okay, so what I mean in that is that, not that we have to be Pollyannish, but you have to make the choice whether or not you're going to maintain joy regardless of the, the internals will be joyful regardless of the externals. Paul and Silas did that, and wise people do that. Christ followers do that. Second is uh, Proverbs chapter 10, <clears throat> verse 28, as, as we kind of folk think about this on the, the idea that joy runs deeper. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 28 <clears throat> the hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectations of the wicked will perish. Uh, the Common English Bible translates Proverbs 10.28 this way, the expectations of the righteous result in joy, but the hopes of the wicked will perish. Um, Paul and Silas could have joy because they knew that there was something better coming. For, for all they could have known. I mean, what might have been coming was death. But they knew even death did not have the power to touch their joy. It couldn't, couldn't touch it. They had something better. They had a deeper running, I hate to say emotion. They had a, they had a deeper hope than, than the emotion of the moment. Um, best way I can... Uh, explain this is sometimes I travel, I go on a trip to a conference or go out of town or something, and uh, it, it's usually my routine to pick up something for uh, Tyler and Grace. Just I, don't know, I just where that really came from, but uh, I'll, I'll find a little gift or a little, I'll get a, uh, some swag or something like that, and I, I just, you know, that's what I get. So when, when I come home, you know, as put down the luggage and, and kiss Christy and, and kind of just get everybody's... And at some point during that coming home, I'll say, all right, close your eyes. And they always do. They always close their eyes. And uh, this is obviously not Tyler or Grace, but <laughs> this is kind of the look. They close their eyes and they instantly smile. I don't know if it's reflexive or, you know, but it's just this natural thing. They close their eyes and they smile. And they have no idea what's coming, right? I mean, I, I could have a box of cockroaches ready for me. They, they don't know that, but they, they, they don't know what's coming, but they know who's bringing it. And they know how much he loves them. And so, and, and of course, based on previous experiences, they probably know that something good is coming next, even though they can't see it. And that's as close as human illustration I can get to. Like, when you close your eyes and are walking by faith, it should bring the corners of your mouth up. Very naturally. Even though you don't know what's coming next. Paul says, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Right there, I just tapped into the joy. And it's easier when you close your eyes and you stop looking at all of the externals. And just remember that no matter what, in your Father's hands, good things 
are coming. Better things lie ahead. Proverbs chapter, back to Proverbs chapter 15. We're going to go back up a couple. Verse 13. A glad heart makes a cheerful face. But by sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. Uh, Christians should be happy and joyful people. We've, we've got something deeper within. And, and that, I'll just say that should show. Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. If you're happy, if you're joyful, if you believe that better things truly no matter what the externals, that internally, better things lie ahead. Far, far better things lie ahead. Then that should show in your life. That should show in your relationships. And that should probably show on your face. too. Um, we have a great hope and a great joy. I want you to think about for just a second... <clears throat> Uh, and I use him because he, he does this with so many people. But if you go up to Justin Abraham and you ask him, how are you? What's his response? Let's try it again. You go up to Justin Abraham, you ask him how he is, how does he respond? I'm blessed, right? He's totally blessed. But, but think about it for just a second. In your mind's eye, when he says, I'm blessed, how does he say it? Corners of the mouth come up. He smiles. I mean, I can picture it in my mind's eyes. Okay? It, it, it looks something like this. You know, I'm blessed. It's a genuine, sincere heart. And his externals are connected to his internals. And he can't help but, say, but smiling when he says it. Imagine for just a moment, if you came up to Justin Abraham and said, how are you? And he said, I'm blessed. Would you believe it? Probably not. Would you think, well, he says that, but something, something else is really going on in his life. He's supposed to say that. People, <laughs> I think my dear wife told me one time, uh, you don't have any trouble with your words, but your face sure speaks volumes. You need to learn. I mean, she, she can just read it. She can t- I can tell what you're thinking. I can tell you know, when your words and your thoughts don't line up because your face is giving you away. You, know, you would not be a, a, a world-class poker player. I mean, you just you have too many tells. There's something when, you're, when you have true joy that really, uh, it shows. It shows in your face. A glad of heart, a glad heart makes a cheerful face. And um, if lots of people are asking you what's wrong, maybe there is something wrong. Maybe there's something not connecting the externals and the internals. So, choosing joy not only shows, um, and it's not only a decision, but it's good for us. Proverbs chapter 17. Chapter 17, verse 22. Joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. 
a, a, a brief study of laughter led me to a couple of conclusions, that laughing is physiologically good for you. Smiling is good for you. Um, on, the, on the physical level, it reduce, re, uh, releases endorphins. It improves your health. It, it gets out the toxins that are, that are in your body. Um, it's, there are some studies, in fact, that say that your happiness and your joy are almost as important to your health as whether or not you smoke. I, I did some life insurance uh, blood work and tests and all that recently, you know, and they had all of these tests and you, blood pressure and you draw your blood and all, all the whole bit. And um, it just occurred to me, they never really asked about me, you know, like, how happy are you? How much joy do you have? Do you love your life? Love what you do? Your happiness and your joy really has an impact on your health. <clears throat> and, it, and it's probably a, a bigger deal than we think. In fact, some studies that I read said that it, happiness and joy will make people more resistant to sickness, heart disease, and even stroke. That's quite amazing. Okay. Um, please don't hear what I'm saying. Say, well, I'm, I'm throw those pills away. I just need to laugh a little more. I'm not saying you don't need modern medicine. I'm not saying, you know, it's all just a matter of how much you laugh. But, but it does have an impact. It makes a difference on your health. I really do think, you know, top two killers, you know, universally is kind of like uh, heart disease and cancer and, and car wrecks. But I bet the bigger killer is stress. People who are stressed and unhappy and have no joy, it makes a difference in their physical health. Uh, whenever I take ill, which is not very often, but when I do, it usually takes me flat. It happened last de- in December recently, and I remember uh, just thinking about this proverb. And so I just pulled up YouTube, and I watched a, a comedian that I really like named Brian Regan. And unlike a lot of comedians, he's clean. And he's a genuinely funny comic. And so I, I just was watching these videos, laying in bed, drinking my fluids, and, you know, get to the point where I'm laughing until my, my belly hurts. I mean, my, my stomach muscles hurt from laughing so much. Um, that, I don't know, I, after I watched a couple of those videos, I, I don't know, I wasn't healed, but I felt better, you know? I felt there was something to that. And I, I think um, laughter is good for the, not just for the heart, not just for all of us, but it's good for the body, too. Uh, there's another proverb that kind of goes in the opposite way. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. Proverbs 12:25 says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Anxiety weighs, weighs a man's heart down, but a good word makes him glad. Uh, if, you, uh, if you have a lot of stress, if you have a lot of anxiety, uh, maybe finding some reasons and ways to laugh are, are important to do. I love that at the women's conference every year, they always have a humorist. I think that's good. I think, I think that's important. I, I mean, I, I realize it's entertainment, but I think there's something to that, that it, it allows people for a moment to, to have some joy and to, rem, to remember that God's good and uh, he's good to us. Proverbs chapter uh, 
15, verse 30, the light of the eyes rejoices the heart. Good news refreshes the bones. Joy is not only good for you, it's good for others. There's a quote that says, you don't stop laughing because you grow old. You grow old because you stop laughing. I think there's something to having joy, taking a, uh, telling a joke, um, and enjoying each other. In fact, sometimes uh, on a Wednesday night or tonight, I might do this, or even on Sunday morning. If I can do it without anybody noticing, I'll just take a moment in the foyer, in a little nook or cranny, try to be like where it's not noticeable and just close my eyes. And I listen to all of you. And I hear the number of times you laugh. And you talk. And that's a sign of a healthy church. It's a sign of a good church. It's a sign of not a perfect church, but a good church who love God and who are letting their joy overflow, not just in their heart, but out of their mouths. So I hope you'll do that tonight. Um, We're done. And... uh, I hope you'll join us for the Fireside Chat. If you have some thoughts on joy in Proverbs, a question, a thought, an idea, another proverb I didn't mention, great. Um, Or maybe if you just have a a really funny joke you want to tell, that'd be okay too. But if you don't join us, uh, that's all right. I do encourage you to, um, to stay around and enjoy, truly enjoy, the fellowship of one another. That's important. Uh, if the greatest uh, joy that we can have is because of Jesus, the gospel is by design. The, the word is good news. Uh, if you do not know Jesus, if you want to be forgiven of your sins, if you want to have hope beyond this world, if you're tired of of all of the externals and you're ready for some internal and you're eagerly ex- expecting better things, the, the only way to have that is through Jesus. And so tonight, if you don't know him, I'll invite you to come down. We can talk about what obedience to the gospel means, and if you're ready to do that, we'll help you do that. If you have a, a public need of, of this family, we're glad to help you with that as well. Whatever your need is, uh, if you have one, please come now. As we, together we stand and sing.